Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. This is Controlling Commodity Costs, and we are your hosts, Craig Turner and Tom Dazzle. We are your authority to gain control of your commodity exposure, stay ahead of the competition, and maximize your profit margins. This podcast is brought to you by StoneX Group, a Fortune 100 company with a 100-year history in the commodity markets. You can find us on the NASDAQ. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I'm joined, as always, by Craig Turner. And our special guest today is Gavin McPherson, a.k.a. the Meats Man. Gavin, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. We're happy to have you here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. How long have you been working in the meats and how did you get started with all this? Uh, Well, I've been a commodity broker for 24 years uh, and didn't start it. But uh, uh, I've been at Stonex for three years now and focused on the the meats, uh, the dairy and foods group and focused on the meats and livestock. Um, Prior to that, I I was a partner at CIH for about 15 years, uh, where I really focused on hog production. Uh, And since then, I've branched out uh, more to working with the end user in the space. Uh, as much as the producer, so kind of, it's it's an interesting spot for me to be in, being able to be able to to straddle both spaces and and get a good understanding of what's going on in production as well as what's going on in the end use use world. Absolutely, the meats markets are. I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast knows they are they are a little difficult to forecast short term and and long term. I think having that background where you can see both sides lets you know how that pipeline's filling up and. And I'm sure it helps you to guide the the end users uh, also on sort of what things might be looking like, you know, 6, 12, 18 months down the road based on uh, current production. So very interesting background there. Yeah, absolutely. So, Gavin, how do you, you know, how do you usually work with clients? Like, what does that work with? Are you are you putting out research? You have in, you know, consultation? Are you offering, you know, financial products? What 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 does that entail? Uh, interesting. Uh, that's another nice change that I've been able to make here since being at Stonex. Uh, in that period of time, I've become a licensed insurance agent uh, and able to offer livestock risk protection uh, through the um, uh, issued uh, product that uh, we can offer producers, cattle and hog producers, as well as dairy dairy producers. Um, and also uh, am a registered uh, AP with the Stonex markets and so have the ability to trade uh, over-the-counter products that we offer. Uh, Stonex is a, a registered swap dealer uh, and we have the ability, in fact, a whole page uh, of, of listed products that we can trade that are off the exchange that are really specific to the customer's needs uh, and, and what they may be buying and, 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 and serve as a good way to manage that price risk. So uh, really all three, you know, so futures options, exchange traded products, uh, over-the-counter OTC products with Stonex Markets, and then um, the insurance product with SA Stone Wealth, and I'm a member of that as well. So um, really have a lot to offer and and am working a little with each of those with customers. Uh, it's a, It's the consulting of customers are looking for consulting. That's certainly something that we offer, the ability for us to um you know understand that business is very important uh to be able to make uh good decisions when they're you know planning 
uh, budgets and or managing margins, uh, depending upon what we're we're talking about. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, it, just listening there and also having prior conversations with you. I mean, one of the things that I found most interesting is kind of how you guys have, you know, work in the, the OTC markets and the, you know, offering, you know, contracts and products that, you know, just aren't available on the, uh, the CME. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, um, and this is something that I've I've really gotten uh, to learn a lot more about since being a part of Stonex. But over the last twenty years or so, Stonex has done a really good job of of uh, creating uh, you know, specialized products, especially in the in the meat world. Um, so whether you know somebody has price risk on hams or or bellies or um, you know beef beef trimmings or pork trimmings. Uh, you know, those are things that that uh, Stonex has the ability to offer from an OTC swap perspective. Uh, it's not something that customers are able to trade in and out of, but it helps them set their price and understand what that's going to look like for the next you know quarter to potentially year out in time. Um, and I think that helps them manage their budgets from from an end use perspective. So that's the majority of of who's using those products. I, interestingly enough. Uh, there are some other products that that help the producers as well. Uh, some of the you know products that we have that are sort of specific to you know kind of how we might work with uh, the LRP program. Um, but yeah, I think those are those are really good products that that are very you know something that we've had for a long time. We continue to improve. Uh, I, all of those products really have come out of a need from a customer. So if a customer comes to us uh, looking to manage uh, their risk on, uh, you know, pork spare ribs, for example, um, you know, we can put that together and and begin to build a market for them to to offset that price risk in. Right, and when you say you, you know they you get they need to look like six months out, a year out, or longer, I mean this is really about controlling their you're controlling their costs for for their business um, and trying to find a product or a financial hedge, you know, through StoneX that they just can't find on exchange, right? I mean, it sounds like this is really more Absol part of it, yeah. Absolutely, it, it's specific to their product. Uh, and it's, you know, a lot of times if they go into the exchange and try to trade, for example, maybe a, a hog contract to offset their their ham risk, uh, they'll find that, that they don't often correlate strong enough to make that an effective tool to offset that risk. So the OTC product is a great instrument to be able to get really specific to that particular product and offset that price risk uh, exactly. Hey, Gavin, could I jump in with a question on that? So we run into a lot of companies at a lot of these trade shows who are buying sausage or beef or they manufacture meatballs or whatever, anything like that. Um, how does it work with a lot of those suppliers? I mean, are they do they offer forward pricing on some of those products? And if so, how far out? Um, and then, so I'm just trying to make sure that we have a good understanding of the benefit of the financial hedging tools, how far out they go relative to kind of what's common in the industry for like getting a forward price on, on some of those products. That, that becomes a little bit of the challenge, but most, uh, uh, end users will be working with uh, some sort of processor and the processors uh, in some cases uh, don't allow them to forward price their needs 
and so that's why they would come to Stonex to try to to offset that risk. Nice. Um, Stonex has relationships with those uh, uh, pr processors, um, and and through that we were able to uh, we, we either be working with the end user and or the processor. We are able to create that market space for them to 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 uh, offset that risk. That's really huge when you think about that. So a lot of, you could be just subject to the spot price when you need to buy physical uh, product. And, and so this is really opening up a whole new world for in terms of risk management to be able to go out beyond just the spot price and, and financially hedge. I mean, so taking a financial hedge, maybe we could just pull that apart a little bit more. Are these um, typically uh, swaps? Are there are there can you put caps on them? Can you do like a call option to protect? Upside risk, or is it pretty much just a swap where you're fixing in like an index price um, for forward, you know, coverage out into the future until you buy that physical? The the products that we would be talking about in this particular case would be all straightforward swaps. Got it. Um, we we don't really add a lot of optionality behind them. Um, I think if if somebody wants to come in and and manipulate that a little bit relative to the board, uh, that's where those maybe some of those options would come in into play. Um, but for for us, these are pretty straightforward. And I think that's what really the industry has really embraced is that um, you put a price in, and these are are priced off of a of a weekly USDA report. So depending upon the market, if we're talking about a 23, 27 pound ham, that's going to be priced out on, on a weekly report published by the USDA. And so it's uh, it's every week. It's factual. That's what it's marked to market against each weekly uh, purchase uh, of, of whatever quantity or pounds that they would be doing. So if I'm buying, let's say, 50,000 pounds of pork trim, uh, you know, 42 percent, maybe it's a blend of 42s and 72s. Uh, that I uh, buy that for the you know price that in there for the next six months. Uh, those are going to come off each week, settled against that USDA pr printed price, and so we get a PL as you're mentioning, kind of a, a financial product, right? Where there's nothing physical. We're not delivering or taking delivery on these on these products. Uh, it's a financial offset of what the consumer that that client or end user would be paying in the open market space. So it gives them the ability to know what they're going to pay for that period of time. And what are some uh, benchmark or thresholds that you recommend? Like, who is this kind of thing right for? What kind of sizes do you have to be dealing in, say, on the in the pork or beef um, to really to really well, would uh, be a little bit market, a little bit different. Um, but you know, usually, uh, you know, one contract on the CME is a forty thousand pound contract for hogs. Uh, it's a forty thousand pound contract for the live cattle, 50,000 for feeder. Uh, but in the end, you know, that becomes what we start talking about in terms of, of weight. So 40,000 pounds uh, would, would be really on the low end of, of somebody that we might be wanting to work with or could work with. Uh, but most, most, I would say a lot of the, the swaps we, we enter into are someplace between 50 and 200,000 uh, pounds per week. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll price that out for a quarter or or for two quarters or or what the customer might be looking for, and then uh, and, and make a market and try to find a price that fits and and then we'd book that for them for that period of time. Thank you for that, um, Craig. Did you have any other follow ups? I had one other follow up question. If well, you actually, 
you know, when we have people on, you know, we always ask them, you know, if there is a little bit of a success story and, you know, we don't want to be naming names, but, um, you know, it sounds like a very interesting product and I'm sure it has helped a lot of companies, either their, you know, price risk or, you know, able to offer certain products, um, with a lot more certainty. So I don't know. I mean, Gavin, you've had any, um, you know, success stories, you know, that you can share with us. Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, these aren't that sexy of products, uh, but I certainly think, um, you know, as as the end user was looking ahead and pricing, especially in the on the beef side of things here, uh, if you went out and again, now we're, you know, probably getting closer to 12 months into this bigger, bigger perspective rally we've had in, in, in beef and, and in cattle, but uh you know, if you went back in time and you were able to to solidify, you know, some of those prices, that really has offset a, a ton of risk over that period of time for those end users in, in the beef space. Uh, and and what's really currently happening is a lot of those those positions have ha have run out of time. So now, what's interesting we're going through is uh, you know repricing and uh, trying to figure out you know what that next forward curve looks like as we've had a little bit of a break in. In, in the product, the beef itself, uh, both the box beef and, and the boar, the cattle market itself, have gone through a little bit of a pullback, if you will. I might talk about it that I, I'm not sure, you know, in terms of success stories, that, that's something where the, those producers have really been able to offset a lot of their price risk by being able to take advantage of those swaps. Yeah. Um, and so I think right now the challenge is, uh, is going forward. Uh, do we do we price at these higher levels, or is it something we need to be patient with and and let the market come back to the values we'd like to see? Um, so I think those become part of uh, uh, the story for us and how we might want to be thinking outside the box. But for the end users in this business, it, it's really about budgets, and we're going through that budgeting period right now. Uh, which coincides with a little bit of, you know, running out of those hedges and, and looking ahead to implement new ones. Uh, but we've been doing some over the last week or two, we've been doing more. We've been seeing certainly more uh, an increase in in uh, probably more so the, the pork side of this than the beef, but uh, a lot more uh, uh, forward pricing going on here the last couple of weeks. If you go back into the latter part of the summer, not much was going on from that. You, you were looking at high values on on both sides of that, uh, both beef and pork, and I I think season seasonality has has led to a lot of those, you know, end users trying to be patient as well. Yeah. You know, we're getting budget season. We're in seasonal times that uh, we should be pricing some of that, and and a lot of that's coming together here at this time. Hey, Gavin, let me try to um, follow up on what Craig said, and I think maybe what at the heart of what he was asking is. Have you come across a company, uh, a food company who has maybe just been operating historically in the spot market on the physical side that, you know, started working with StoneX and got comfortable with the tools and the products available to do financial hedges? And is that kind of snowballed? Has it, have you seen it sort of take take traction and it, has it maybe helped that company to, to grow in some ways? And if not, that's okay too, but we just wanna, I think, highlight that if, if you have seen that kind of experience. Well, I think that one of the challenges working with uh, these businesses is uh, 
you know, I guess from the standpoint of, yes, I, I think we've seen some good success. Uh, you know, one in particular I could think about right now uh, that just started with us probably within the last year has has really ramped up their, their buying. And I think that's come on the back end of their confidence that's been built over the past uh, couple of months. You know, being able to understand the product, um, getting more comfortable with it, uh, understanding their budgets and how these prices fit into them, and, and then the discipline and the ability to to execute during a period of time where you know here like now seasonally we'd expect things to 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 be as as good opportunities going forward for next year. Um, but that's you know I think it, it's just one of those things where they've got to go through that experience understand you know if i and and so let's say maybe you know someone comes into this space and and they decide to do a tenor of around fifty thousand pounds a week uh for the for one quarter that you know that gets their feet wet that gives them the ability to watch these you know prices come off and understand you know the the p l as as we go through time and and i think just understanding and getting a better under, uh, feel for how that works has been the, the ability for them to gain the confidence to execute more positions further out in time yeah. and, and how that plays into managing their budgets. And I think a, a lot of what we find too, just talking with you and, and some of the other guys is that a lot of the, a lot of these companies, they may be very large in size, some very name recognizable type companies, but we, we have our, we, we have a lot uh, to do in terms of servicing those accounts and maybe a lot of the uh, maybe mid to, to growing size companies out there who, they don't even know these things exist. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with this podcast is spread the message that, uh, yeah, we've been, <laughs> a lot of these companies have been here since inception, like since these products first rolled out. And so um, we're trying to spread the, spread the gospel here, so to speak. Well, like, it's, uh, it's also, this, you know, episode. go through the last couple of years, the, the meat markets have been incredibly volatile. And it is something that if you don't have a, a, a tool to, reduce that volatility it's very difficult to get a handle on your budget to, to be able to plan to forecast to, to know if you should be expanding or contracting your business um you know what's the, i i think really at the end of the day what we're trying to accomplish by managing price risk with these tools is to allow these businesses to look forward in time and to plan uh, better for their future. You know, the, the big picture, that's what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to trying to make them a profitable, you know, successful, and, and whether they want to expand their footprint or grow that particular business, or they want to diversify their business, these tools allow them to, to have the confidence to, to do that. And, and it allows the lenders to understand where those, where that, those positions are, and, and also uh, give them comfort that, to, that they're not exposed to adverse market conditions, which again, we've been seeing a lot here the last couple of years, especially out of COVID. Great. Well, we just came through, here we are, it's early November. The beef markets in particular have been moving nothing but higher lately. And we just had a big pullback after a cattle on feed report. Uh, what was that a week ago or two weeks ago? Uh, how are we feeling about the beef markets now? Um, are you having those conversations on this pullback? Um, I know we've got macro market considerations right now, concerns over these higher interest rates, um, weighing over the economy overall and high beef prices. How are we balancing that versus the, uh, you know, kind of just the, the supply and the, the, the supply tightness in the, in the cattle market right now? 
you know, one thing to think about when we talk about the these meat specific swaps and products is that uh, even though the cattle futures may move around like they they did, you know, certainly going up and, and reflecting the strength in beef, but but also uh, that the specific products may or may not necessarily reflect what the futures are doing. Um, it certainly reflects how we forward price the swaps, which again, I think plays into the idea that we'd like to, you know, be in, in you know, especially as an end user, as a buyer, you know, how do you take advantage of that type of change in the market in such a short period of time? Uh, is this something that is going to continue to to head lower, or have we found some sort of uh, you, you know support level here um, that uh, that that will bounce off of and run back and make new highs? I don't think fundamentally the the and you could argue with the cattle on feed again that was the quote unquote surprise I guess if you want to use that report but. You know, frankly, the market had been coming down, had been losing a little steam. I think we we have gotten prices to where uh, we would talk about demand destruction, uh, you know, and, and that's what these markets do. You know, we either, you know, we, we either want to prices so low that it creates demand or prices get so high it begins to, to destroy demand. And I think on the beef side, you know, that combined with the economy, what the consumer spending is doing, uh, their energy prices, the cost of living, you know, all the things that we've been talking about as it would play into, you know, the disposable income consumers would spend on beef products. Uh, it is beginning to slow down. There's a lot of things that would point to that. But again, to see a cattle market break the way that it did, you know, certainly has to to wake people up to to especially the, the on the buying side of of this marketplace uh, to to what's going on and to be thinking about how to take advantage of that change in the market. Good. Anything you want to add on pork? Anything? Yeah, you Moving know, that I, market around. It, it's been as interesting. Uh, we've just had a pretty good rally, but to your point, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a pretty dramatic decline. Uh, it, it's interesting the the last two expirations, uh, the October expiration, which just happened two weeks ago, and the August expiration that happened six weeks ago. After those expired, and we had large premiums in that front month relative to the deferred month. And after each one of those expired, even though we've had such a big premium, the deferred month decided to head lower, very bearish aspect of, of the market, and then turn around and rally. And that's what we're seeing uh, this week in particular, a big rally in the hog market, you know, coming back up after a, a pretty substantial break, um, you know, trying to find some equilibrium uh, against that CME index itself. Uh, you know, pork products themselves have been relatively stable. Uh, we have seen you know, really wide swings and, you know, kind of like the beef market as well, you know, choice beef is kind of held right around that $300, or the $3 line, uh, $305, $310, but really not been able to break $3. And, you know, same thing uh, on the, the the pork cutout finally is beginning to drop. Uh, although cash hogs are much lower, that cutout has become to drop. And, and you know, some of the products, uh, bellies, uh, hams and loins have all, you know, held if they're all lower than where we were a year ago right now, but at the same time, we're still seeing, uh, you know, values that, uh, you know, are relatively stable um, from from the standpoint of, of seeing the wide swings we have in the futures market relative to the products and, and what they've been doing. So, 
I think at this point, you know, again, we're at the lower end of where those product values are. I, I'm expecting uh, to to see the the big three, uh, the the hams, loins, and bellies, to to maybe slightly weaken as we move forward here a little bit. And we could argue about which particular product is going to continue to weigh on cutout. But I think if cutout continues to to weigh and break down here a little bit, futures will will continue to to be challenged at some of the, the lower values we've had. Uh, the futures have had a huge discount uh, built into them. And I think that's been one of the challenges and what's you know certainly behind the rally that we've seen. We have to catch back up to where the CME index is today, uh, you know, relative to where futures have been projecting it. Um, and that's similar to what we've seen after August and October both expired. We had a pretty big drop in that, that following futures, October expired and December collapsed. And now it's rallied back again, and we're trying to find some equilibrium here. Um, but I think it will ultimately be cut out that continues to weaken over the next two or three weeks. And then I, I, I certainly think if you're not buying out in time uh, with that window in mind, then you know I'm not sure if there's going to be another opportunity as we roll the calendar. Um, even though uh, we are expecting contraction, I, this is something that's been crazy on the pork side. Out of the last nine, uh, well, now 10 months, uh, the pork producer has lost money in eight of the past 10 months. And the next couple of months here projected are even bigger losses. And so sow, the sow breeding herd has not contracted enough to offset the productivity in that sow barn, in the farrowing house, in the nursery, that, that the health has been so good in this industry that right now, uh, you know, it's something that that I think we've got to see prices really begin to, to, you know, hurt this industry, contract that breeding herd further. And and the thought of, of when that may happen is probably into the latter part of 24. Um, you know, there has been sow liquidation that's been gone on. We've been talking about it. But the last hog and pig report actually suggested that there wasn't much more than what we had heard through the summer. It was sort of like, uh, a, a, I would liken to a game of chicken between the hog producers. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna hold out as long as I can and not liquidate any sows while my neighbor hopefully does. And so I think this becomes a little bit of that game, but we're, we're beginning to see more of those casualties show up right now. And I think in the big picture, that's gonna keep, you know, prices probably under some pressure up front while we continue to see more, you know, sow, sows come to market as well as any of those farrowings that, that you know, the last farrowing before the sow goes and they begin to contract in that particular farm, um, you know, and then we'll ultimately on the back end of 24 probably see you know, so where we'd be below. We're, we're right now, USDA is projecting a 1% increase in hog production in 2024, which after the losses we've taken is really hard to understand. Gavin, you are a wealth of knowledge in the meats market. And I'm sure our listeners are gathering that right now. And uh, we, uh, we wanna make more market intelligence, more research like this available to them. Uh, we have that in the Stonex portal. They can subscribe to it if they're not a client with Stonex. Correct, Gavin? Um, they can find more of this kind of information on a regular basis there. Um, and, I mean, if uh, if you want to talk to Gavin about the outlook in meats, if you're a pork buyer or a beef buyer, I don't know if there's anybody else uh, better in the bullpen here to uh, to speak with about it and to strategize on some of these very unique, very valuable uh, financial products that we have through our over-the-counter desk to help you manage your risk out into the forward curve. So uh, with that, Gavin, so what we're going to do is we're going to put, again, a link to our 
to the market intelligence subscriptions in this podcast uh, description and invite anyone to reach out to us if you'd like to speak more about how we can assist you in customizing a plan uh, for financial hedges in meets. So Gavin, we thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, I think this is a great episode to let folks know about yet another uh, valuable tool that we have um, over here at StoneX. Well, I appreciate it, Tom. Thanks, Craig. It's great to be here with you guys today. The trading of derivatives, such as futures, options, and over-the-counter OTC products or swaps may not be suitable for all investors. Derivatives trading involves substantial risk of loss. You should fully understand those risks prior to trading. Past financial results are not necessarily indicative of future performance. All references to futures and options on futures trading are made solely on behalf of the FCM division of Stonex Financial Inc., a member of the National Futures Association and registered with the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission as a Futures Commission Merchant. All references to and discussion of OTC products or swaps are made solely on behalf of Stonex Markets, LLC, a member of NFA and provisionally registered with the CFTC as a swap dealer. Stonex Markets products are designed only for individuals or firms who qualify under CFTC rules as an eligible contract participant and who have been accepted as customers of Stonex Markets. This material should not be constructed as a solicitation of trading strategies and or services provided by the FCM division of Stonex Financial or Stonex Markets as noted in this presentation and podcast. Neither the FCM division of Stonex Financial Inc. nor Stonex Markets is responsible for any redistribution of this material by third parties or any trading decisions taken by persons not intended to view this material. Information contained herein was obtained from sources believed reliable, but is not guaranteed. These materials represent the opinions and viewpoints of the author and do not necessarily reflect the opinions and viewpoints of the FCM division of StoneX Financial or StoneX Markets. Reproduction or use in any format without authorization is forbidden. Copyright 2023, all rights reserved.